SAFM Market Update with MoneyWeb. Thanks, Sam. Six minutes after six o'clock, Hilton Tarrant with you on the Market Update, 104 to 107 nationwide here on SAFM this Wednesday evening. Keep those SMSs coming in. 34701 is our SMS number. 34701 with a keyword market. That'll cost you two rand per SMS. Just include the word market somewhere in your message and we'll get it uh, between now and 6.30 as the market update uh, continues. And uh, first up, this in business today is brought to you by Wesbank. If you need an instant answer to your business asset finance application, then apply online at wesbank.co.za. Former IBM South Africa MD Mark Harris has been named Chief Executive of Kahiso Media. He replaces Murphy Morobe, who stepped down in December. JSE listed Kahiso, which owns a range of radio stations, said that Harris will take the reins at the media group on the 1st of August. The group said that Omar Esak, who heads Kahisa's broadcasting division, will act in the capacity for the remainder of this month. Shares in casino and hotel operator Sun International rose the most in two weeks after announcing plans to build a 3 billion rand complex pending a license transfer approval. The stock rose as much as 3.8%. It ended 3% better on the day. Sun International is applying to the Gauteng Gambling Board to relocate its Marula Sun Casino license to Menlin in the east of Pretoria. And Absa today unveiled its app for older BlackBerry devices, originally launched for other platforms in mid-April. Absa said its app is now available for BB5, BB6 and BlackBerry 7 devices. The bank said its app has already been downloaded more than 133,000 times by customers on Apple, Android and the BlackBerry Z10 smartphone. Well, turning to the markets, the JSE's All Share Index ending down a third of 1% today, 39,638. Resources up a third of 1% on the day. European markets were lower today, the RAND weaker against major currencies. 10.05 to the dollar, 40.97 to the pound, 12.90 to the euro. Gold is at $1,257 an ounce. Platinum, 1366 And a barrel of Brent is at $108. This in business today was brought to you by Westbank. If you need an instant answer to your business asset finance application, then apply online at wesbank.co.za. What would an instant answer to an asset finance application mean for your farming business? Could it be the difference between sowing and reaping, or just sitting and waiting? Apply for business asset finance at wesbank.co.za and get an instant answer. T's and C's apply. Westbank. We know how. A division of First Rand Bank Limited, an authorized financial services and credit provider. Or speak to your affiliated dealer. MoneyWeb Market Watcher is proudly brought to you by the Graduate School of Business and Leadership at UKZN, shaping business leaders in Africa. Nine minutes after six o'clock, David Shapiro of Sasfin alongside me. David, markets relatively quiet today. The top 40 here in South Africa, only eight stocks up. Yeah, it was one of those indifferent days. It was so hard to find uh, any market-moving news. Global markets are waiting for the Fed minutes. I can't believe we like this. We have to wait for (laughs) minutes of a meeting, I mean, to be released. I I, I think uh, looking for any hints of when uh, the Fed Reserve will start tapering or holding back, um, scaling back its, its, its bond buying program, its stimulus measures. So I think everybody waiting for that. I'm not sure what, what it's going to mean. Um, 
the way that the U.S. economy is going, it's probably going to be a lot sooner than everyone expects and probably at a bigger scale because, remember, they're also scaling back on the amount of treasuries they need as they get stronger and as that budget deficit begins to shrink. So um, that's, that's the big news. The other news were the trade numbers that came out of China earlier on uh, also just uh, pointing towards uh, lower demand, glo- weaker global demand, uh, weaker domestic demand. Strangely enough, copper price went up. Mm. Uh, we're seeing the biggest demand coming out of China for, for nine months. Oil prices went up. Gold prices went up. So that gave the, mi- the mining markets a little bit of a kick. Other than that, not, not much to talk about. Your, uh, you know, the story that you brought up in the news, uh, in the headlines about Sun International mm. was probably the only highlight on the positive side. Talk of Sun, interestingly enough, at a fresh 52-week high, up almost mm. half a percent today. That, of course, the chief rival to Sun International, Toho owning uh, Gold Reef City as well as mm. Monte Casino. Sun International owns Carnival City as well as uh, Morilla Sun, which it wants to move. It seems to be the one side of the market. I don't think it's driven by credit, but it does seem to be uh, a side of the market attracting quite a lot of attention. Um, if you look at Sogo, they, you know, they're putting 750 million rand into, into you know, refurbishing or building up um, their, their, their casinos. Um, I've looked at analyst reports. You're looking 12, 12% compound over the next two to three years. So at these levels, not bad. So I think that's, you know, that's what's driving it. Um, a lot of investment going into this side of it. So it seems uh, one would have thought that this would be a, an area of the consumer market that uh, would fall back, but it seems to be the one that's holding everything up. Of course, the hotel businesses in each of those mm. companies, uh, Soho as well as Sun International, coming off those lows uh, experienced mm. after the World Cup in, in 2010. Pick and pay, uh, testing fresh 52-week lows, 37.77. No surprise. You know, I, I, I don't think be surprised there. Um, banks was the other weak sector and I'm joining, you know, um, mm. I'm combining looking at both banks and the retail sector. I think all the reports that are coming out now just pointing towards um, higher bad debts um, and, and also lower, lower growth, lower revenue growth. So it's, it's, that's the midsection of the market, you know, that's, that's the undecided side. So it's a Rand Hedges holding it up, uh, the mining shares bringing it down, and then you've got this whole midsector, which is the banks and you know, stuff that we can't really decide upon. Speaking of mining, Minister of Mineral Resources is in Shabungu today inspecting illegal mining sites on the West Rand. MineWeb.com's Jeff Candy was there. Here's the minister on the demands from trade unions, given that wage negotiations or pre-negotiations kick off tomorrow. Well, uh, wage negotiations are defined by Labor Relations Act. That's a proposal or a demand by workers, so we can't say on the basis of that, that's a decision. Allow the parties to engage, convince each other, be able to present the context of the challenges within the global environment, but also South African space, because we also have our own challenges as a country informed by the global environment. I'm confident that we'll be able to reach a settlement which is acceptable to all parties. I mean, as a former trade unionist, it doesn't mean when you start at 60%, you'll end up with 60%. It never happens. Interesting take there, David. Uh, speaking as a former trade unionist, she saw the life of Brian. You know, you've got to learn to negotiate. You've got to quarrel. You've got to do. You've got to. You know, you've got to start high and hope that you get a lower price. You know, what's your real price? We'll find that out. <laughs> MoneyWeb Market Watcher was proudly brought to you by the Graduate School of Business and Leadership at UKZN, shaping business leaders in Africa.
The Graduate School of Business and Leadership at the University of KwaZulu-Natal offers a variety of programs to help you make your mark in the world of business. The interdisciplinary nature of our world-class programs enables our candidates to effectively deal with the complex challenges of an ever-changing landscape. If you're ready to make a difference, consider the university that is changing the world every day. The Graduate School of Business and Leadership at UKZN, shaping business leaders in Africa. Are you a pensioner or investor looking for a high-yield investment that will give you an above-average guaranteed return? Then Finbond Mutual Bank's limited offer is perfect for you. Invest a minimum amount of 100,000 Rand on a fixed-term deposit and earn 9.5% per annum guaranteed. Contact us today on 0860-442211. Terms and conditions apply. Finbond is an authorized financial services and credit provider. Finbond Mutual Bank. It's my bank. 14 and a half minutes after 6 o'clock, today's top story is brought to you by MTN Business. Well, ESCOM's financial results for the 2013 financial year reveal that the utility faces an income gap of 225 billion rand. This after regulator Nurser approved half of the increase that ESCOM originally sought over the next five years. Chief Executive Brian Dahmer joins us now. Brian, this really is the key, how ESCOM is going to respond to the tariff increase allowed by Nurser, and it's not about saving just a bit here and a bit there. Uh, in afternoon, you, you're absolutely right. It, it, it poses a significant challenge. Uh, you know, we have decided that it, you know, it's one of our big, big items for the next few years, and it will require a fundamental rethink of how we do things and what we do. Will you reopen the tariff discussion with NERSA? Uh, we have a, uh, a whole range of options that we would look at uh, as a last recourse. You know, after engaging with government around our mandate for the support. Uh, you know, we will approach, uh, the, the look at our funding and can we stretch that further. Obviously, internally, very critically look at options that we have to, to save. Uh, but if, uh, if we find another solution, then, then that is an option. But certainly uh, an absolute loss uh, recourse. This is a cash flow shortfall. This is not a funding shortfall. You've secured uh, almost 250 billion rand of the 300 billion you need to take you to 2017. You confident that you will be able to secure the remaining 51 odd billion? Yeah, no, certainly. I mean, uh, we are, are very confident on that. Uh, so that will allow us to complete everything that we've committed to. And you're very correct. You know, in terms of our price application, we're at 337 billion cash requirement for capex, of which only half uh, was for the existing build, and that we will complete. And so we have to look at the, the, those new commitments and uncommitted projects in order to balance the cash. Brian, profit down 61% in the year. Your operating costs up by 31%. What drove that increase in costs? You know, from our perspective, well, we actually have pretty much, uh, uh, you know, a lot of the costs are fixed costs, a very small variable portion. A lot of that increase comes out of our coal costs. You know, that is uh, our primary energy has gone up by 36%. Uh, we have, uh, like, uh, the profitability has been down because of the tariff that has come down to 16, uh, but a big chunk of that has been coal costs, and then increased spend on maintenance and increased spend on demand uh, energy efficiency programs. In terms of that efficiency, you sold 3.7% less electricity in the financial year. The economy is still growing, though, the broader economy growing at around 2.5%. That suggests that South Africans are becoming a lot more efficient when it comes to electricity. Last year, we have uh, achieved uh, 2,200 uh, 2, uh, gigawatt hours savings. That's about equivalent of, uh, I think my team said to me, about a town like Bloemfontein would use a year. 
So a lot of energy efficiency programs in the country, but the reduction in sales is indicative of slow economic growth, uh, indicative of the power buybacks that we've had last year, uh, as well as uh, you, know, you remember the industrial unrest that we had uh, in many of the sectors in the economy. Brian, Financial Director Paulo Flati leaves today. That uh, announcement made in November, uh, the Minister Malusi Gigaba had earlier said that he'd hoped he'd be able to convince Paul to stay on. Would you have preferred him to stay on uh, until at least Madupi was on stream? Yeah, no, Paul and I worked together very well. Uh, you know, we would uh, wanted Paul to, to stay. I personally would have. And unfortunately, you know, uh, we've not been able to, to do that. And Paul... Uh, would like to explore other options, which is which is great. But he's made a massive contribution to Eskom, and uh, certainly will be missed. But we have uh, very good people that will step in. We're busy recruiting our finance director, but in the interim, our head of treasury, Caroline Hendry, will be uh, donning on the jacket of uh, chief uh, financial officer. Speaking of the delay uh, at Madupi and getting power on stream, that was communicated to to the market earlier this week. A highly complex project, as you've communicated previously. What does this mean in terms of supply? Will there be a supply gap next year? We've indicated that we're looking at a a realistic gap of of 700 megawatts uh, mid-merit, and that is uh, kind of like a term that that we use that indicates it's not baseload, so it's not 100% of the time, about 40% uh, load factor on that. Uh, and, uh, you know, we're working on supply and demand side options uh, to close that. Uh, we're really talking about the first unit of Madupi, which is very important, uh, but it's the first of, uh, of uh, a power station of 4,800 megawatts. Brian, what is set to come on stream this year? You are returning certain plants to service? Yeah, we need to complete it with that program. We have uh, the one Komati unit left that needs to come on stream this year. Uh, and then, uh, you know, we're doing some uh, further expansions to existing stations. But really the big capacity would then be a Madupi uh, first unit uh, sometime next year. That's Brian Dahmer's there, the chief executive of ESCOM. David, the big story, obviously, Paula Flati uh, departing as FD. Uh, the minister had previously indicated he would have liked Paul to stay on. As Brian said there, he would have liked Paul to stay on. Wasn't going to happen. Uh, no, I wonder if the latest developments at Madubi just you know, pushed him over the edge on that, and just too much for him to handle. So he's a he's a good man, and I think it's a big loss. I'm not sure who's going to replace him, whether they've announced it, but uh, it's it's still an area, it's still a uh, business with a lot of troubles ahead, a lot of issues, and it's going to cost us. I mean, if you look at the accounts and you see the gaps there. Um, the consumers are going to have to pay. Oh, I wish, you know, looking at Joburg and looking at that, I wish they could actually recover from the people who are not paying. Take a lot of pressure off us. Well, as, uh, <laughs> as, as uh, Brian said, the, the treasurer at ESCOM, Caroline Henry, acting mm. uh, chief financial officer, um, until they mm. find uh, the mm. permanent replacement. There. Today's top story was brought to you by MTN Business. Mr. Nkulu, supply is about to exceed demand. Please switch me off. Thank you. With MTN Business ERP, your business reports directly to you, meaning you can eliminate wastage and reduce your operating costs. And because it's hosted in the cloud, it's a lot more affordable to get a full resource planning system powered by SAP. Visit mtnbusiness.co.za for more info. Welcome to the new world of business. 
Well, the JSE's newest listing will make its debut next Friday. Tower Property Fund will list under the new REIT structure and is being launched by Spire Property Group. Mark Edwards is chief executive of Tower. Mark, the million-dollar question, why list and why now? Well, to to um, to raise capital, um, the 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 access to capital on the unlisted uh, side has been has been very difficult. Um, and and last year when we assembled the fund, uh, we initially wanted to be unlisted for a while, uh, but very quickly realised that the access to capital was in the market, and and we needed to get to get back in. Uh, we were in before when we had Paramount top in the fund. And uh, it's what we know and, and what we return to. So we're quite excited to, to bring this portfolio of, of 1.65 billion rand uh, to market. The volatility in the market at present, I guess, not helping things too much. No, um, we would have we would have loved things to have been what they were six weeks ago. Uh, things were going rosy up until kind of the 20th of May when when the bonds started to go out and and the US got a bit twitchy. Um, and then it's been very very volatile ever since. It's um, it seems to have settled down a little bit in the last two weeks with bonds, with bonds coming back slightly. Uh, you know, we 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 believe property is a, a long-term play. We we property players uh, from the past, and, and this is not an optimistic fund. This is a, a long-term game for us. Um, and so we cognizant of the fact of having to raise capital in in various cycles, and and we we've, we've probably picked the most difficult cycle to, to raise it in, um, but it's, it's going quite well, well, fortunately. 27 properties in the portfolio, 1.65 billion, as, as yeah. you mentioned. What's in the portfolio? What will investors be familiar with? It's, uh, it's got a nice mix of, of current listed assets uh, and assets from the private sector. So 50% of it is made up of, of assets which will be brand new to the market, two of which are, are rather iconic assets uh, in the country. Uh, the first is Cape Quarter, which is a, a mixed-use development um, in Cape Town, a very large development in, in the new kind of CBD of Cape Town, uh, which is moving towards the, the waterfront uh, quite rapidly. It's located on Somerset Road in Greenpoint and is a, a mixed-use property with 50% commercial and 50% uh, retail. It's got the most successful spa in it from uh, from an awards point of view in the country. Uh, Deloitte's uh, head office is in there for, for quite a few years and it's a lovely, trendy, uh, iconic centre in town. Uh, and then, then uh, we're very excited to have obtained the Upper Grayston office block development in, in Sandton, which was put together by private developers, a triple A commercial office scheme, uh, of which we have two Green Star rated properties, which uh, is one five star Green Star property and one soon to be six star Green Star property, which is the highest rating uh, offered by the Green Building Council of South Africa. And it's an emphasis that we pr- are placing a lot of our time on. Um, uh, one of our uh, shareholders, Bruce Kurzweil, started the Green Building Council of South Africa, and uh, and this is an angle that we're looking to exploit in the in the small cap sector of the market, mainly through occupancy cost reduction. But we're very fortunate to have those two assets, which are, are Green Star rated in our fund. There's only about 30 of those assets in the country for us. So for a small cap like ourselves to get it is is a great achievement. Mark, uh, 30% retail, 70% office at this point. Where do you see that settling at? 
Yeah, we are overweight in office, um, and our strategic intent is is to bring that back to about 50% retail. Uh, we've got a pipeline uh, in the near future of, of, of just over a billion rand, uh, which we can bring on uh, mainly for a combination of, of shares and cash. Uh, a lot of the smaller developers are seeing the opportunity that the REIT structure presents to, to come and partner with us. Um, so we'd like to, to reduce that, that office exposure and bring some industrial into the fund as well. And the yield that you're targeting? We, we come into the market on Friday at, at a 9% forward yield, uh, and we've got 10.8% per, 10 per annum growth. So it's, it's quite an attractive offering. Mark Edwards, the Chief Executive of Tower Property Fund. David, 9% forward yield? Very attractive. I understand the properties. I think if you're happy with the properties, and they seem to be, I know where both of them are. I think they, they're okay. And uh, 9% brave man in this market. Very, uh, very, very brave. Um, even I think today is another day on which property trusters keep coming down as, as bond yields go up. Have you seen that? Have you been to that spa at the Cape Quarter? I've been to the, I haven't been for, I'm going to Cape Town uh, next week, but um. I'm not sure I'll be around there. It's one of the I most amazing spots. It's a lovely. I, I know it. I know it in holiday season. It's very, very packed. You know, very attractive. But I'm not sure what makes it a different spa. You know, I'm not you one who goes. You, no, no. You're a shopper. I'm not. SAFM <laughs> <laughs> market update with MoneyWeb. While remuneration of executives at listed companies continues to come under increasing scrutiny, especially as the gap between executives and employees widens, PwC's fifth edition of its Executive Director's Remuneration Report out today. Gerald Seegers is Director for Human Resources Services at PwC. Gerald, you surveyed the most recent annual reports of all 373 JSE listed companies. Is executive pay higher than it was when you did the study last year? Um, hi, yeah, I think in, in, we've done the entire JSE, but yes, the answer to the question as a whole, yes, it's higher. Um, overall, it's about 4%, um, and probably not quite at the level of the pace that we expected. I think we were expecting bigger declines. But as I said, I think we we have separated the, the guaranteed pay from the variable pay. So the variable pay, we've seen some, some far more significant drops, but uh, on the guaranteed pay, if you like, a far more restraining or moderate increases. In terms of that increase, 4%, that rate of increase is lower than last year. Yeah, last year was about 8%. Uh, and bear in mind, as I said, that's a, a median, so mm. it's a very, a very sort of broad uh, percentage. If we dig down into some of the detail, particularly in some of the industries, of course you find very, very trends from significant drops to still reasonable increases. Gerald, speaking of trends, the, the pay gap between executives and employees, is that widening? There's no doubt. I think the general consensus is that it's, it is still widening. Um, and I think um, sort of in part of the in our preparation of this, um, of this exercise, um, there was no doubt that uh, pay gap is sort of becoming a bigger issue. And we felt it was right to start looking and addressing this. Primarily because we don't want to, um, you know, run or face a, a, a intervention from either government or regulatory body. We do see that disclosure in, in annual reports, and often it runs for pages and pages of pages. <laughs> We're seeing tables with, with all sorts of columns and obscurely named or, or labeled uh, yes. incentives. Is, is remuneration complex? 
Remuneration is certainly complex, but you've, you've touched on a very important point because I think here, you know, there's a, the question here is not, and, and some companies feel that uh, more disclosure is better and it's going to change the behavior. That's certainly not what we're advocating. What we're looking for is more informed disclosure. Um, and in this report, we kind of allude to, let's call it a model or an example of possibly how that should be remunerated because the average shareholder, and I'm not talking about an institutional um, investor, sort of the average shareholder has no idea of actually determining exactly what its executives are earning. So it's not really about the volume of disclosure and the, the, the level of detail, but more around how simple it is to understand. Exactly. I mean, I think the best way I can put it is in accounting terms, being an accountant, I suppose. <laughs> um, we kind of call it an income, an income statement view, a balance sheet view, and a cash flow view. So income statement is what's been charged this year. Balance sheet is a accumulation over a couple of years. And a cash flow view would be what's been actually cashed out in that year. And the idea is to reconcile all of those three. Gerald Seegers is Director for Human Resources Services at PwC. Well, it was a day where the JSE ended down a third of 1%, 39,638 points. U.S. markets are lower uh, as we head into the evening. The rand is at 10.04 against the U.S. dollar. This has been the SAFA Market Update with MoneyWeb. We're back at 6 o'clock tomorrow, 6.30 now, and time for game plan.